Hey, welcome to another episode of uh, Blank Bodies. Today we got a special guest. I've got a descender here from Fantasy Audio Magazine. We're going to be talking about uh, the project they've got on Kickstarter right now. It's a uh, cassette tape and magazine release that covers uh, new OSR um, adventures, content, what it, kind of a mix of everything, and music to go along with it. Hello, Blank Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, thanks for entertaining that. I'm a goof. How's it going? Absolutely. I love it. Uh, not pay, no, too... uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with uh, Fantasy Audio Magazine. I know you're kickstarting issue two right now. Yes, issue two and a reprint of issue one. Okay. The very first uh, run of tapes and zines, I pretty much just funded myself. Um, it doesn't take a whole mess of cash or anything, just a, a small a small pile. But I figure if I want to see this thing take wings, I need to throw some, some cheddar at it. So okay. I'm happy to see that Kickstarter uh, thought it was a good enough idea to allow me the opportunity to invite others to contribute to the project and it's funded. We hit the goal. I need to come up with some stretch goals. I think there's a few things that we can do now. I'm absolutely uh, appreciative of what we've got so far. So I'm not really looking to get anything else. I don't think that the OSR world or Dungeon Synth fans are the kind of uh, people to, I don't know. We're all hardworking, broke nerds. So I understand. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you mentioned getting other people to contribute. Is uh, most of the stuff on issue one and two stuff you've made yourself so far uh a good chunk of it you'll you'll see that there is a artist in the zine and on the tape leaf butterfly uh that would be that would be me okay (laughs) again pay no mind to the man behind the curtain Um, (laughs) but we've got a couple of other awesome artists as well and with the first issue uh there, there are about four or five different uh, pieces of content. They're all game ready. Uh, We have a pretty creepy uh, next level monster called the Shrike that I was very pleased with featuring. Uh, We got a a few magic items, things like that. So not a whole lot, to be honest. The tape itself, uh, the music is great. I could not have lucked out any better finding the people that were willing to work with me and put their work onto this tape and I'm very pleased with how everything worked out. But that being said, there were only 20 physical copies made and I think there are two left on Bandcamp at this recording. So I'm, I'm not complaining that people seem to like them. So that's great. I'm uh, hoping to get some more made and it looks like that'll be the case. Awesome. So um, I used to play in some hardcore bands, metal bands. So I've done the self like, put out cassette thing before um are you like dubbing everything yourself hand dubbing hand are you doing like factory side just sending them the audio and the art and when it comes to the tapes themselves definitely factory side i i've same uh birds of a feather i see Uh, i've definitely done the full diy thing with my my own music in the past old like punk rock kind of stuff and dubbing all the tapes myself and like all the way down to like buying uh, letters to plug into a stamp and just inking every <laughs> single tape myself. 
And I figure with this, um, that was all years ago. I'm an old, old man of nearly 30 now. So I, I don't know. I am using that as a great excuse to not have to put that much more elbow grease into what's already felt like a ton of work. So no, that's, that's definitely fair. <laughs> uh, uh, well, tape dubbing machines are getting so expensive now too. It's, it's a, oh, for sure. I love, I love the DIY aesthetic, but when you're paying 500 bucks just to get the machine to dub them, it kind of starts to flip which side of things you want to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And I've still got my, my audio rig right here in my, my studio slash the room in the apartment where I get to keep all of my dumb stuff. And, uh, I've got my Harman Kardon tape deck over there and I, I could just copy each tape by hand if I wanted to just never get that time back. But <laughs> you know what? The factory route exists for a very nice reason, I think. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, as far as like the content in the magazine and the tape, I know the tape, it's music. It's not really system focused, but uh, is your, is the stuff in the magazine kind of system agnostic or you've, have you focused on a specific rule set? Well, it's, it's pretty system agnostic. Yes. I don't think there's anything that's really prohibiting it from being used in any system whatsoever. I do promote old school essentials on the release itself. Okay. Because that is the rule set that I'm, I've been using. Uh, I teach middle school and we have a D&D club after school that I started every Wednesday. And uh, I, we, I teach them old school essentials. So I suppose it's just my pet rule set. But I mean, other than the armor classes listed for, say, a given monster or something, it's extremely agnostic for sure. Okay. Because I've heard great things about um, that setting, but I've never actually gotten to sit down and play it. I have a friend who that's all he'll play anymore, but they have like a group that plays very consistently. So I've never gotten to sit down and like join in on it, but I've heard great things so far. I definitely suggest it. Yeah. From Necrotic Gnome, I believe they're, they're pretty cool. And I mean, it's the, the community is absolutely saturated with all kinds of great rule sets and uh, just gaming frameworks that you could use. Um, but I've found old school essentials works best, works best for me, uh, with, especially with new players. Here's the thing, um, having that club at my work and exposing uh, a bunch of brand new players to the, the world of tabletop RPGs, I've found, especially for the young folks, that what they really wanna do is play and roll dice and do all of the stuff that they saw on like Stranger Things for half my kids. And they're not as bought in yet on the thorough, deep uh, background building and role playing of, say, your fifth editions. And I love that, too. I love doing that. Um, like I mentioned before we before we hit record, my name Descender just comes from one of my favorite characters I've ever rolled up. But I think old school rule sets, just the basic and expert editions of everyone's favorite fantasy role playing game. They cut out a lot of the superfluous stuff that I think, in my opinion, scares away a lot of new players. They're kind of overwhelmed by all the weird rules anyway. If you really take a big step back, it's a bunch of people sitting around a table rolling weird dice, and it probably is like esoteric and weird. <laughs> so <laughs> if you get rid of a lot of the things that, frankly, a lot of us do enjoy about role playing and just cut it down to the basics, I think that it's more inviting to the 
absolutely uninitiated brand new player. So I've found that to be the most successful for a general approach to gaming in my, it's, it, this is all of course my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, but that makes sense. Um, I'm running a 5e campaign for some friends and about half the group had never played a tabletop game before. So we decided uh, we'll just do a new edition of d d It's the most supported online. We can look up any questions we might have. They've all heard of D&D and wanted to try it out. So it was like a good fit. But there's a lot of rules where like backgrounds. One of my char- players was like, oh, my character's like from a noble family. They'd have the noble background. Not really think about it. And like, oh, well, that means I get followers and stuff. Well, how does followers work? So now they're keeping track of like two extra people while they're trying to play the campaign and that they never even planned on, but they're like, yeah, I'm a noble. I guess I get this now. And it's adding all these extra things on top that we just hadn't even planned until last minute filling everything out. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, well, what can they do? And that's like, that was another like 20 minutes of looking up how followers work after. Mm -hmm. So taking out. And that's really fun for, I think, experienced players like us. And we like getting our hands dirty and we like flipping through the pages and finding obscure specific rules because you'll remember it. And in that off chance that this odd situation comes up again in the future, you, you have memorized that. And that's another rule that, you know, accumulating this giant ball of miscellaneous fifth edition rules in your mental repertoire. But I've noticed for running a game to less intense, more casual players, Usually when you're thumbing through a rule book or, or the rules tome or a player's handbook, that's when people start flipping through the phone. That's when people that haven't really gotten it yet, so to speak, kind of drift away or like that's maybe another way of saying it is like that's when they identify like, oh, maybe this isn't quite for me because this isn't that fun. Yeah. So I, I love that kind of thing <laughs> personally, uh, though I absolutely understand for absolute newcomers that can be kind of intimidating so um anyway circling all the way back that's why i like to go with old school essentials it's just the one that i've been most impressed with though the releases that i've been working on uh, i i've been trying really hard to keep it absolutely um system agnostic for sure Uh, i'd like in the future to branch out and make other releases like right now the the flagship release of fantasy audio magazine uh candle yeah why you've got the two names there um fantasy audio magazine and my my vision is is us it's this and i would like the candle series to continue but i absolutely have hope that there can be other releases i think a sci-fi release would be really cool or Morkborg is blowing up, maybe doing something kind of crazy for that. I think that would be really cool. But for right now, um, sticking with what I know, yeah. right down the right down the middle. And so far, the ball's rolling, and I'm really pleased with that. So I'm glad that you're pretty intrigued by it too, and that you've invited me onto your wonderful podcast that I've been checking out over the afternoon, actually. And I am very curious. I believe it was John who was trying to think of a name for his dog. Yes. What's what's the scoop, buddy? What's the word? Uh, is it st- is it still an end name or did he move past that? Uh, he kept with an end name. He wanted to um, keep them the same. I believe he ended up going with uh, Nanashi, which is the Japanese for no name. For no name. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask. So I'm glad I found a way to squeeze that into our conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my girlfriend and I talk about like what would be a good cat or dog name almost down to like a meme at this point. 
similarly with knuckle tats it's kind of an obsession like just a set of two four letter words like oh that would be a good knuck tat on occasion it makes you chuckle same with good cat and dog names so i'm I'm happy to hear that he found one yeah i have a buddy who's a a tattoo artist and we had a list going of all the different like good knuckle tats you could get i see like by theme (laughs) Because he, so he was always joking about getting bone zone on his knuckles. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I see you're a man of culture as well. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of swayed his mind when I let him know that you could also fit the word erection on your knuckles. <laughs> yes, you can. Thank you. <laughs> Just imagine. See, it's funny. Uh, a, a couple of years ago, we were hanging out at some, some like summer camp that, uh, my girlfriend and a few of her friends used to go to and they just opened it up to I don't know if alumni is the right word but it was just a bunch of grown-ups hanging out at some old summer camp whatever and there was some guy there a friend of a friend and his his nuck tats were all together son of god which I guess as a unit is like I don't know kind of heavy metal I guess pretty cool yeah. but when you're looking at just his hands which hilariously was the precursor to all of the conversations about it would be people just saw one hand and they'd be like so no and the other one would be F God. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up with your nut cats, bro? Like every single time you'd have to like do the thing where you like, I don't know, coolly bump them together. And, yeah. And I was like, okay, I get it. But it was kind of confusing and funny before that. Yeah. See, my first thought would be that he was like a noise music fan. He just really liked Sun-O. Mm, right. Exactly. Yeah. That would be cool. That would actually be kind of a cool nuck tat. You can get the sun on one and then just all of the end parentheses on the other one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, back to uh, Candle. Uh, yeah. so, so it's looking like each issue has uh, about four um, piece, pieces in the actual magazine. And then what would you say about an hour of music? Yeah, I'm shooting for about 60 minutes at least on each tape and i know we can squeeze i mean cassette tapes are something i've always been a fan of since i was a kid and so i'm psyched that there's this big resurgence of them so i know we can squeeze about 90 minutes onto those suckers but i want to keep at least an hour make it really worth somebody's while if they appreciate ambient or dungeon synth or uh, i'll tell you what hunter one thing i've been struggling with over the past five or so months that i've been working on it is finding a good uh, blanket word for those genres that might be applicable to like tabletop RPG gaming uh, ambiance. Like we've got dungeon synth, we've got ambient, uh, dark ambient. I, I don't know. You like music. Yeah. I, it, the list goes on as long as you want it to. But I think fantasy audio is where we landed and that's where we got the general name, I suppose. And you know, look, the, the first issue has four artists about 15 minutes each and the second one is almost done and it looks like it's going to be a little bit different roughly 15 minutes for each but there's a couple that have maybe two songs a couple with maybe three shorter songs so uh, there's it, it nothing about this release is that that rigid other than the philosophy of are you proud of it do you think it's cool are you a normal person that can't just like release stuff throw it throw it our way um we don't really make any money or anything uh any any profit goes into funding the next one so it's just a vehicle for normal people like the rest of us so 
Yeah, that's awesome. It kind of reminds me of like old school compilations. This kind of like went away towards the end of the 90s, early 2000s, you know, wasn't really worth putting out a CD with like one song from like 20 bands anymore when the internet came along. But this is an interesting way to kind of bring that back and tie it to something outside of music directly. Yeah, I think so too. And I, in my opinion, um, I don't know, I'm an avid fan of music and gaming. And I wrote a, a brief little thing at the very beginning of issue one's uh, magazine component, but that intersection of gaming and music, I, I don't know, I just love exploring that. It's not as commonly uh, utilized or, ex- or embraced as other aspects of gaming. And I, I don't know, I'm probably speaking vaguely. I just, I guess what I'm getting at is like, there are zines all over the place, There's infinite content to boost your gaming experience. And I love that. And likewise, the dungeon synth, et cetera, uh, world is is huge. Uh, like one collective out in, I think based in Italy that I'm a pretty big fan of, Heimat der Catastrophe. They're really cool. If you're not familiar with them, check them out. Very punk rock DIY, but they release a lot of like uh, dungeon synth and post-nuclear wave and all of these uh, really cool home like ground level real people released music so anyway the intersection of those two worlds that are thriving i don't really see that much stuff out there in the middle and so i'm excited to uh, leverage myself into trying to make that more of a accessible um thing for people i don't know i'm excited about it and i'm happy to see that it's coming along yeah it makes sense i mean things like fantasy grounds and some of these online tabletops have their own built-in like ambient music and then you'll have some of the bigger companies like deadlands or like for the Ravenloft setting like the big companies are released like a cd's length of like music yeah. there's really nothing like in between it's either that or you go to like a generic youtube video and be like i need horror music docs and yeah yeah you just Ten get hours like cave dripping yeah, yeah. so um but to go back on something you said earlier i think fantasy audio is a really good name for the kind of genre just because like you're saying like you talk hey it would be cool if we did like a sci-fi release or something like that well if you're doing like sci-fi ambient that borderline becomes like synth wave so i think fantasy audio does really encompass all of it beyond just like dungeon synth or ghost house or whatever is like app to the game that's actually being played and focused on well I, I appreciate that i i feel the same way i think that pretty much does it i one thing that i'm a big believer in and is behind a lot of the the machine with this project is that i don't believe in being prohibitive to anyone like if i say it's a dungeon synth uh release then like that's really cool and there's probably people that would be into that but then there might be other people that are like oh, okay that's not for me right yeah. off the bat because that's how we work and there's nothing wrong with that but that is that's how that's how it goes and i don't want to be prohibitive to those people because there's a lot of really interesting like ambient or um just space kind of music i don't know i don't know the, the list goes on that's a moot point it's just i don't want to have anyone feeling like we're not for them it's a bric-a-brac that I want to be accessible and inviting for anyone that is passionate about something that they have created that would not exist if they did not take the time to create it and to make a vehicle for that um, that's available to anybody that is excited about it is the real endeavor behind this. Yeah, and uh, I'm 
not super into um like specific genres but i do think it's kind of funny like with dungeon synth i like i guess it's called like comfy synth now yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. the dungeon synth music that's real happy like i like earth and cloak just the like real happy like gnome village music like i'll put that on while i'm sitting around like reading or working on stuff but i mean even like dungeon synth has, is like turning into other genres because people are like sure. this is too different from like what used to be the intro to a black metal album oh that- yeah the overlap is is nuts and i mean it what even makes something properly dungeon synth these days you know and speaking of comfy synth i, I popped when you said that i was just talking about that not too long ago actually are you familiar with grandma's cottage no i'm not should check out grandma's cottage i think that they have they uh or or who whomever uh released only two of them i believe and it's like pulling teeth getting a like a physical copy off of disc dogs or something but it's it's awesome nice you should check out grandma's cottage i will have you listened to uh, tiny mouse you know what it rings a distant bell i think i've encountered that name before but but no i don't off the top of my head i don't think i have they have a pretty cool album it's called little one's journey but it's oh. one of my f- yeah okay no i ran into that on youtube that's that would be the distant bell I have run into Tiny Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- I just love stuff like that. It's great for just like sitting around having a cup of tea and relaxing in the morning. I think that music is the backdrop to just about, I don't know. I, I play music anytime I'm running a game. I incorporate some kind of audio element. I always have. And we listen to music in the car, walking around the street. I don't know. It's it's all the time. So why why not incorporate that into your gaming in in my experience with my friends and and at a brand new table i've never been to with some people i just met it's not that often in my experience that i find people playing some music to boost the immersion of the game so i want to i can't change that i don't really want to people should play the way they want to but i sure like to incorporate that so it feels good to be making something happen no, I think music's great for new players too. It kind of fill those awkward moments where people are trying to figure out what they want to do, or they're just trying to take a second to understand what's actually happening in front of them. Like just a little bit of like ambient music kind of will fill that space and take a lot of that tension out. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they're new players and heart and they just taking back to by now the wealth of hours I have with brand, brand new players. It It's hard to know if you're first, if you just rolled your first character, you don't understand what half of the things on this character sheet even mean. Um, you don't really know how to play or at least feel confident in how to play, let alone you, do you know how to feel. So yeah, incorporating music just helps, I think, a player feel more more comfortable, even if, even if you want them to feel uncomfortable, even if something ominous is afoot or, you know, a bad decision is about to grow wings and and come after them then letting them know with a little bit of that spooky ambiance much like say in a video game or something that's no different in my opinion so letting them know how they should feel or using music to encourage them to feel a certain way and they don't yet know why uh, i don't know the sky's the limit it's 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 a toolbox man so however you can use it i think people should use it yeah and i mean I've heard a lot of people discuss like the difference between scaring your players and scaring their characters and like a little music can really kind of bridge that gap and kind of smooth that over. Cause there's plenty of times where like I'm playing a big barbarian. Oh no, the spooky Cthulhu thing. Well, I'm still going to hit it with my ax. Right. And, or like 
character being like, okay, well, this I'm actually a little like off put by that, but you know what? There's like kind of triumphant music, and I guess you know we're gonna still go all in on it. Mm-hmm. Kind of help set a tone with that music that otherwise might. Yeah, one thing one thing I like to do, I, I personally, I not so much with this project, I guess, because I don't want to throw too much weight around with, for something that I want to be community based and inviting, but something that's a massive inspiration to me personally when it comes to making music uh, are my favorite video games that I played growing up. Um, my favorite console still is the PS1. I find myself, the older I get, the more I'm shying away from brand new games because they just don't, I find that I just don't have as much fun as I once did with the games I already know I like. So like a massive influence on that would be like, say the original Resident Evil. Um, You open a door, what's going to be inside? And then there's the peaceful, relaxing music. And you're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I found the save room. Yes. And that kind of thing. I, I don't know, just little techniques like that employing, into your arsenal when you're a game master like you you've you hear all these noises you, you've slayed some some mysterious beast in the, in the purple fog everywhere you open the door and there's some relaxing music or something like oh thank god or like uh, it's it's just adds that extra dimensionality to your your game that i don't know i really like to i really like to do i really like to use whatever yeah so as far as uh like the written side of the magazine is there any um pieces that you're like particularly proud of that you or someone else has put together for it i know you mentioned the shrike earlier yeah yeah that's a pretty cool monster he's a as i understand it extra dimensional beast who arrives to terrorize you in reflections of things whether it's i believe uh the original author posed it as whether it's from a mirror or surface of water or another player's eyes they're like these featherless bird-like semi-humanoid freaky extra dimensional beasts that that was pretty awesome um a uh i got it right here let me check i don't want to i don't want to falsely attribute right gabriel hanley mr gabriel hanley gave us garda's collected catalog of curios i think it's one of the features in issue one that might be on the one hand uh like easier to just like flip past and say like all right what else do we have in here but there is a lot of cool stuff in there we have five magic items that i think are very creative um as far as other written pieces uh the the very first issue there are about four or five different pieces in general including a composer's section where all of the contributors of music have an opportunity to uh, just offer a few words whether that's a bio or like a companion story anything it's wide open there's not nothing in specific that i want them to to offer but as far as what i'm proud of i guess i'm just proud of all of that and i'm proud that it even came together in the first place and i'm really excited about issue two because it sounds like it's going to be bigger and feature a lot more stuff in the magazine which is great because that's what i sort of hope for anyway issue one is i think it's maybe 20 pages just as a proof of concept i suppose and uh i don't know the next one has a general theme of the night so whatever that means to to whomever, I'm into it. And from what I'm getting so far, a lot of these pieces and submissions and a lot of the music sounds really inspired. And I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to blow issue one out of the water. Nice. I'm excited. I uh, was planning on getting the set with both tapes. So I'm excited to check Sweet. those out. I can't wait to send them off to you. 
Yeah. Um, I did notice looking at the Kickstarter that you are based out of uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Just a quick question. Do you happen to know? Because I know there's a big line between uh, like Dungeon Synth and Black Metal and stuff like that. Do you happen to know the guys in Black Knife? I do not. Oh, they're a local like Black Metal hardcore band. I was just curious. Maybe. Oh, I'd like to go catch them then. That would be cool. No, I yeah. haven't run into them too much. I A few years back when I first moved up to... Well, I came up from Louisville, Kentucky, up to Cincinnati and was there for a couple of years and had my ear to the ground on awesome local bands and, and artists and stuff. And a few years have gone by and swept up in a career and I'm back on the right side of the river again, as I would put it, over in Kentucky. <laughs> no shade to Ohio or, or, or anything. Um, but now I'm not familiar with Black Knife. Black Knife, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to check them out. That's really cool. Maybe I can catch a show. Yeah. I I used to play Ohio. I will say Ohio had some of the uh, wildest shows I've ever been to. Yeah, there's a huge uh, community of like just noise. Yeah. Band, noise artists over in Ohio, like over in the north side of Cincinnati. It's like, I, I don't know. I Years ago when I was living in Louisville, which is pretty famous for a thriving arts community and music scene at any point in time it's just a constant uh, i thought i'd seen it all down there but coming up to cincinnati i was pretty impressed there's a lot of there's a lot of good music out here i'm excited about black knife i, I will yeah. not forget that that's pretty cool maybe i can catch a show if they're doing that and i'm not everybody's doing anything right now so yeah i actually part of the reason we started this podcast was um with everything going on and just felt like music wasn't doing anything i ended up quitting my band at the time and doing this instead i felt like kind of the same um you know creating something and sharing it and making like a smaller community but instead of being based around like uh music and drinking we could do around like tabletop games which is what i find myself doing more often than going to shows anymore anyway so yeah i think that makes a lot of sense it's funny how things develop you know yeah i don't know things tend to mature a bit not that jamming and drinking is not mature i don't know some would say it's immature i guess but i think that that's always a good time uh, oh yeah can't say i've been doing a whole lot of that these days what with teaching and i don't know trying to keep a semi-clean apartment and picking up after these dang cats all the time but yeah i understand um it was a the past couple of years have been a I don't know unprecedented tm yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know i i'm excited to see what what comes of this project it's just a passion project of mine um it's been really fulfilling i i kind of lose my mind if if i don't have some kind of creative project yeah. uh, and and here lately it sounds like you understand what i mean and, and here lately having this as an outlet a, a creative outlet not only for myself but to open the door so widely to other people i'm really excited about that um i don't know i i appreciate the opportunity to come come talk with you yeah thanks for coming on uh is there anything else you want to cover before we go i'll make sure we link uh the patreon and the or not patreon sorry the kickstarter and your instagram and the notes and all that but oh you know what other than that i think that'll just about do it i'm excited that so many people are taking a look at fantasy audio magazine and candle series and it it feels good it I'm sure you understand what it's like to uh, spend creative energy on something that never really goes anywhere because that's kind of the norm. If yeah. you're a musician or or God only knows, it, it's not really about 
things taking off and notoriety and all of that. It's just the expression and to see something actually picking up some kind of steam. It feels really cool. So I'm, I'm motivated and I'm really excited to get issue two out of there. And um, if I can say anything, I guess if anybody's got any, any suggestions for Kickstarter stretch goals or even something that you want to see or an innovation to the release itself. Um, I'm all ears. You can find us on, on Instagram through, through Bandcamp. That Kickstarter is going to be active for at least another month or so. Um, we're all ears. Uh, this is my first time ever doing something like this. It's not like I'm going to big league you or anything. So any suggestions are always appreciated. Awesome. Well, if you ever do a horror related issue, I might uh, shake off my old witch house project. Please do. That would be really <laughs> cool. I would really like to do that, actually. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. Well, I uh, thanks again for reaching out to me. I uh, am excited to keep listening to your podcast. I was really intrigued. I, I hit play for the first episode, at least the most recent episode, just to dip my toes in. And y'all are a bunch of goofballs. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep listening. Do you have uh, much Vampire the Masquerade experience? Have you ever played it yourself? I have not. It's- but... Uh, I think it's in a really interesting place in the gaming world right now because it used to be like it was the game that kind of upset the indie in the 90s. People were like, oh, this is going to be the next big thing. And then they never really changed editions. And it just kind of turned into this big hulking beast of a game to try and get into, you know, like 200 books into a single game line. It's it's kind of a monster just to figure out what's going on. But they re-released a couple of years ago. And so we're trying to help like new players get in without feeling like intimidating and oh they've really they've, yeah. up, they've updated it to like a more modern setting you know they actually do like well shit what would what would happen if like some random kid with a cell phone recorded you doing vampire shit on the street like that that's a major problem in like modern day that you wouldn't deal, have to deal with in like 1993 so like doing a new update to the setting and like i think really helps it yeah i'd say that's a pretty awesome concept actually i appreciate you I don't know. It sounds like I'm I'm exactly the audience that you're, you're yeah. hoping to help. It reminds me a bit of uh, years ago, I played my very first Legend of Zelda game, which is one of the more absurd things in my game fan history is that I've never really played any of them. There's so many and I just felt so intimidated. And so I just never played any. And this feels a little bit like that by the sound of it. So I'm, I'm going to be checking that out. And I don't know, hopefully maybe you get maybe you can be my Sherpa up that mountain. Hey, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, I would like that very much. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on. 